0: I'm going to read, jump right into the scriptures today, and I want to just uh, get us rooted in, in a pretty famous chapter, John chapter 1. We're not going to read it all, it's 50 verses, but we're going to read the first chunk of it. And so just listen to it, um, you know, let it speak to you, and I'm going to, we're going to just highlight a couple of themes in it today. And so this is, this is the beginning of John 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known. Amen. What a, an amazing passage of Scripture. And um, we're going to just sit in it for a while this morning uh, for the next few minutes. My wife and I this week, um, my son graduated and there was kind of like a prom thing. And, and before that happened, uh, one of the families opened up their home for kind of cocktails and, and uh, hanging out with parents and, and the students and everything. So we went and it was fun to just meet people and hang out with people and meet the parents who, who obviously threw this party and it was fun. And, and so we got a chance to chat with them and get to know them and hear a little bit of, the, of who they were And a couple of hours later, when this was all over, my wife and I were downtown and uh, completely different spots. So Claire, then we're kind of downtown right on Rene Levesque Street. And um, we're we're in this building and this lady walks in who happens to be the the mother of... uh, of the house there where, where we went for the cocktail party. So she comes in and we're looking at her. My wife is looking at her as if she would totally recognize us. Cause we just met them like two hours ago. Right. And uh, so she's walking, walking. And you know, when you stare at people and you're hoping they're going to say something and they're not saying something. And then just when she's literally like this close and my wife says like, Hey, and she looks, Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it was weird. It was like, there was this five second awkwardness of, why don't you recognize me, right? And and it was it was a little strange. Maybe because without a context, or maybe they just didn't like us. But but <laughs> are you ever in a moment where something is right in front of you and you miss it? Something is right there. You you kind of you've seen it. You you should know it, but but you miss it. And John tells us in the opening, um, you know, parts of this of this gospel that though Jesus showed up in the flesh. Some did not recognize him and did not recognize what was going on. Imagine that, that Jesus showed up in history, this climactic moment, and some people who were there missed the implication of that moment. They missed what was going on at that time. Do you ever wonder sometimes that that this very likelihood that God is doing something in your life In or around you. God is doing something in your day. God is doing something through an individual. You know, Anissa actually was talking about that. How sometimes someone comes and tells you something. You're like, how did, you know, did you plan that? No. And you realize like, oh God, maybe it was in that. And you ever wonder that when God shows up in different ways, but then sometimes we miss it. We don't see it. We don't recognize it. Reading John 1 a couple of months ago, I've been just, I was slowly reading through this gospel. And this one verse jumped out to me in verse 16, and, and I had to write it down. It was like I never read the verse before in my life. And I must have read John 1 like a hundred times in my life. And this verse just popped out at me. Verse 16: Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. That line just kind of, just really surprised me. Like, it's almost like I never read it before, even though I have. And I wrote it down and reflected on it a couple of months ago and is in my journal there. And I have this, this question. It's on the screen too, so don't forget it. Do we have the ability to recognize grace when it shows up? Do we have the ability to recognize grace when it shows up? you know we're we're heading right into summer like the longest day of the year happened on Wednesday or Thursday cuz the shift of season and and officially on the calendar and they were talking about that in the radio and summer you know it's one of those seasons we don't want to miss right especially in Montreal because it, you know the winter's behind us, and it took long for the winter to finish and then finally, we get some you know spring, but we almost miss spring and and then summer comes, and we don 't want to miss the things that happen in summer, like you check the weather channel like when 's it going to be sunny this week or next week or in the next ten days and because you want to plan something right you 're looking for a warm day, you want to plan a barbecue or a day at the beach, and you don 't want to miss that right maybe you 're searching the internet for a, a deal that you can get out of town for a few days a couple of hours away and and you want to plan a quick getaway? Sometimes, like I look at the weather, uh, you know, the weather app on my phone, and I'm like, my kids bug me because they know that I'm sometimes looking when it's actually going to rain. Because I'm like, when can I cut my grass before it rains? Right? But even more, I, I love to leverage the rain because I'm like, if I got to put fertilizer, I got to know when it's going to rain so I can put the fertilizer first. You guys don't care, anyways. So, so it's like leveraging that moment, right? And the summer is kind of like that. We're looking to make sure we don't miss things. Maybe you have a summer bucket list, things that you want to do. Here's the challenge I want to bring before us today, especially as we step into this season a little bit more officially, is will you keep your eyes open for grace? Will you keep your eyes open for grace? Ever see these guys from um, Dr. Seuss, right? Thing one and thing two. I think uh, Will and Luke Weaver had a shirt around that. Uh, I remember that when they were a little younger. But um, thing one and thing two, it's kind of like, just kind of two of the same thing, but not really. And, and in this text, we kind of have, not thing one and thing two, we have grace one and grace two. Or grace maybe 1.0 and grace 2.0. And I want us to think about that. There's really two graces that is talked about here. John sums up what happened when Jesus showed up on earth. That out of his fullness, we received grace in place of grace already given. We received a grace in place of grace that was already given. Some like that Jesus brought a grace that replaced a grace that already had been received. There was like two graces, grace one and grace two. And it was like this, this subtle reminder that God has was always at work and was already at work even before Jesus showed up. That God's grace was already being demonstrated in certain ways before Jesus showed up and showed us the fullness of his grace. John goes on to tell us in you know, verse 17 that the law came through Moses and that God used that in Israel's history to show them who he was and, and, and the life that he longed for them. And that, that they received that, at least the Jews did. And, and God's, that, that God's interaction for humanity came way before Jesus. That God was gracing humanity with gifts. That God already had showed up speaking and acting and interacting and leading and convicting and loving. And John recognized God's earlier activity as grace. Kind of grace one. When Jesus came a grace came in place of a grace already given. But what was that grace already given? It was that God had showed up earlier to speak and lead and invite and demonstrate and show people the life he longs for them and how he wanted them to bless the world. And we can call that grace one. In a broader way, we can talk about how God has shown us a variety of things even before we've come to know Jesus. Some of those things are like creation, right? God created the world in all its beauty. I mean, there's Instagram feeds dedicated to the most beautiful spots in the world, right? Like there's people that all they do is post like, you know, nice volcanoes. I mean, they're nice when you're not in them. But, um, you know, beautiful, beautiful spots of water and fields and mountains. And it's like they're just catching the glimpses of God's creation, Someone recently posted a a video about like how a hippopotamus came like really close to a speedboat and it was like, wow, like hippopotamuses really exist. That's pretty cool. God created that. You know, it's like there's been this beautiful things that God has shown us. When God spoke to a man named Abraham, just pulling him literally out of nowhere and says, I'm going to start redeeming the world. I'm going to choose this man and their family. We're gonna, God's going to start something with them to be a blessing to the nations. That was grace. When God introduced Sabbath, both in the days of creation and in the Ten Commandments and then reminding them later in the book of Deuteronomy and then the practice of it, that was grace. Telling the people of Israel and the world and us, you don't have to live like slaves. Sabbath is grace. The prophets and the poets, we read from Psalms today, That's grace. That's a glimpse of who God is. And God was showing up and intervening and acting. This is grace. Grace 1.0 is always pointing us to God and God's greater story and God's greater purpose. Even before Jesus ever walked the earth, God was showing us his grace through a variety of things. People were experiencing grace, these moments that would point people to God. There's a term in Reformed theology, particularly, that's called common grace. Like, everybody has common grace. There's a common grace that all humanity can experience. And what, what, you know, they, what they mean by that is that every human being can benefit in some way or has benefited in some way by God's goodness. That every human being has benefited or can benefit from God's goodness. And we experience God's goodness through friendship, through family, through some parts of society, through opportunity. When it rains and everyone's crops are fed, when business grows and people get jobs, that's common grace. That we're graced with these things. It's not a grace that saves you, it's not a grace that. That brings you necessarily directly into a relationship with God, but it's still rooted in God's love and his mercy, and it gives us a glimpse that God is active in the world. Philip Yancey wrote an awesome book several years ago called Rumors of Another World. And he talked in this book how 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 we can find rumors, glimpses of grace in our world that tell us there's another world. There's rumors of another world, God's activity, God's love, God's kingdom. So I want to say it this way and just put it on the screen. All graces point us to God if we can recognize them. All graces point us to God if we can recognize them. Some as direct as Moses and the law. Some as indirect as a ray of sunshine. A couple of weeks ago we were just celebrating who we were as a church community and I shared that in a four year period our community barbecue, we were rained out three times out of four. It was depressing. It was, it was hard to make decisions and people on the team would look at each other. And then after they'd look at me and say, should we go out? Should we go in? What do you think? I'm like, I'm not the weatherman. I'm not, I don't know. You know, and it was, it was nerve wracking. I remember there was one year that there was a couple of new people on the team and, and they, they didn't go through the same nerve-wracking tension that we all went through on those those early starts. And it was about 7.45 and it rained that night before, but they, you know, we weren't sure if it was gonna rain on our part of the city or not. And how are we gonna decide this? And I remember I was praying and it was about 7.45, 7.50, 7.55. And, and eight o'clock comes and I said, you know what, God, we need, we need to make this decision. And I'm praying, I'm looking up and literally, literally I just... Like the clouds open up and this just pocket of sun just kind of beams down right on my face. And I'm like, I mean, it wasn't like a spotlight or anything. It wasn't that weird. But I just saw saw it. I'm like, yeah, you know, I think we should go outside. And it was just a beautiful day that day. And I'm not, not I don't want to spiritualize that. But that's a, a glimpse of God's grace. When you catch something, you're like, God, thank you. Thank you. God says creation displays God's nature and power. That humanity is without an excuse because creation has been made through God's loving care and activity. James says in chapter one, verse 17, he says, every good and perfect gift comes from the father of the heavenly lights. My neighbor several years ago, about five years ago actually, his mother passed away and he asked me to do his mom's funeral so um, I didn't know his mother well, and my friend is, is not connected to a church or not really religious. And when people knock on his door, he's like, "Hey, I don't want to talk about like uh, politics, religion, or money. Leave me alone." That's kind of like, and uh, but he's 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 good with me. We can chat. So so uh, he asked me to do his mother's funeral. I said, "Sure, I'd be happy to help you." And we're sitting down in their back deck with him and his wife. And I said, so tell me some stories. Tell me a little bit about your mom and different things that, you know, just as we, we prepare for this funeral. So he tells me this story. His mother um, came from Poland. She was here in Canada uh, at, later after, like, really difficult time. She actually spent um, a, a very difficult time in a concentration camp. Um, and then she finally was able to flee Europe. She ended up making it to Canada. She, she was single and uh, in her 40s, she, she was looking for a relationship. She, she found a relationship in her early to mid-40s, and she got married c- quite late in life. And then she thought, I would love a kid, but I'm already in my mid-40s. And in her late 40s, she has, she, she's, she's pregnant. She gets pregnant. She's so like, oh, my goodness, I'm pregnant. And she has this dream. This is my neighbor telling me this in his backyard. She has this dream, and uh, my neighbor's telling me this, that, that in her dream, Jesus is in the dream. And, and Jesus is, is, uh, shows up in the dream and, uh, and kind of makes her feel in this dream that, that everything's going to be fine with this pregnancy and everything's going to be fine with this baby. So I'm sitting to my neighbor. I'm like, Jesus, talked to your mother in a dream. Anyways, it was, so I'm like, how can I not use this in the funeral? I have to talk about this, you know. So, so I remember... Using this verse, James one i I'm speaking to, like, IT executives, family and friends and neighbors, people from out of town. I didn't know anybody but my neighbors. And I shared this story about his mom. And I said, you know that his name was Rob, that Rob's life is a gift. That Rob's life was a gift to his mom. And you know that every good and perfect gift comes from God. And I remember sitting in the, talking to these people in the funeral and, and recognizing they're all coming from different walks of life. And many of them had these successful careers in IT and other companies. And I remember just saying to them, every gift you've had in life, you should look beyond the gift. God is, God is often behind those gifts. You need to be thankful and grateful that those gifts point us to something beyond ourselves. That every good gift in some way can point us also Jesus this summer my heart is that we can keep our eyes open for these grace moments and help others to see them too of course there's not just grace one there's grace two we talk about grace two a lot you know the grace of Jesus the grace that saves us the grace that he's provided for us through his death and his resurrection grace two comes to fulfill grace one Grace one are glimpses and signs and pointers and pathways, but grace two is all the fullness. So when the law and Moses only pointed to Jesus or God, God, Jesus comes and he brings fullness. What creation gives us a glimpse of, Jesus shows us so clearly. And what a gift does to show us God's generosity, Jesus' own life given generously, sacrificially, vicariously for us, shows us the fullness of what a gift is. The theological tie-in is a little bit like this, that the law and the prophets and maybe some of these graces are are like training wheels in in our spiritual walk. But coming to Jesus and we're experiencing his grace is like you're on a bike and you're riding. It's It's so different, right? When there's training wheels on a bike, it's like, yeah, but you realize at some point you're like, I can't keep riding with these things. Then they come off and you realize, oh, this is what riding a bike is meant to be like. It's kind of the difference between grace one and grace two. The grace two that replaced the grace already given. I remember thinking about this. When you think about the difference between an acquaintance and a real friend. And, and so I've had, you know, friends and, and acquaintances. I, growing up in a church I was a part of years ago as a kid, I, I knew everybody. I knew everybody in the church. I could say hi to everybody. But I was about 10 years old and this 11-year-old kid shows up one day and uh, his family showed up, started searching. They weren't followers of Christ. And this kid couldn't be more different than me. This kid had like super slick, wet, long hair in the back. They used to dress like that in St. Michelle. I don't know why. And... Uh... <laughs> And he used to like hang out in the summers like every day at the local pool. He ended up going to, to uh, this high school in St. Michelle just full of Italians. And I was at this high school full of Greeks and Jewish people. And so just so different in terms of environments, you know. And, um, and I grew up in a family of faith and he didn't. But this kid eventually started growing and, and actually came to faith and became a Christian And he became one of my best friends, one of my best friends, that even today, like he'll call me like during the week after work and say, Hey Dave, how's it going? Or what's going on? And he'll tell me something and I'll say, and he'll say, you know, Dave, I'm, you're the only one I can really tell this to. You're the only one I could really share this with. Or sometimes you ask me a question about something and he'll say, Dave, it's okay. You can, you can tell me it's fine. And so we'll talk like that. And I, and I realized like there's friends and then there's friends. And so that's the the kind of trajectory of grace one to grace two. There's acquaintances or conversations that point us, give us a glimpse of what a relationship could look like. And then you find a good friend that you can have for a lifetime, and you realize, oh, this is the depth of this. Jesus came and the grace he brings replaces the grace that was already given. It's so beautiful. And in grace one, there's a God who loves you and seeks you and and is making a way for you. In grace two, we see that God comes down into history, into our world, into our neighborhood. And he dies for us so we can have life now and into eternity. Jesus brings grace point two. (laughs) 2.0. That doesn't make sense. And, and, and John says it's out of his fullness that this grace comes. I just want to just give us a glimpse of Jesus for a moment. I think it's so helpful. Listen to how John describes Jesus. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. So the, the word word is referring to Jesus, the logos, the creative word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. And this is beautiful. In him was life. And that life was light to all mankind. Out of that fullness, we can receive a grace that replaces a grace that was already given. We can receive a grace 2.0 that replaces a grace 1.0 that's already been given. This is out of, out of his fullness. I love that. Uh, not yet, we're not gonna, yeah, maybe. So we'll, but here's the thing. When, even though that Jesus came like this, John's writing it in this way, you know what is just incredible? They couldn't imagine that there was anything better than grace, point, grace 1.0. And when Jesus showed up, they, the text says they didn't recognize him you can go to the next one. They didn't recognize him, right? The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He He was in the world. And though the world was even made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Isn't that crazy? He came in the world, the world that he made, and the world did not recognize him. My heart for us as we as we approach this summer, is that we would learn to recognize grace. That's my summer challenge for you. That we would recognize the grace of God through Jesus Christ in our lives. Here's why. Because when, when we recognize grace, when we recognize grace, we begin to grow in grace. When we grow in grace, we can distribute grace. When we recognize grace, we grow in that grace. When we grow in that grace, we live in that grace. When we live in that grace... We distribute that grace all around us. So my heart for us this summer, this challenge is keep your eyes open for grace. Keep your eyes open for grace. I mean, I hope your summer has like some hopes fulfilled and you get a day at the beach or a good, good, good barbecues or, um, you know, maybe, maybe a, a little trip in there or something. But please don't miss out on recognizing God's grace that's all around you. He's active and alive and present. And here's the thing. These, these grace one moments still exist. Just because Jesus showed up and gave us the fullness of grace, they, they, have, they have not completely taken out these grace one moments. What I mean by that is, like, even being able to sit with my neighbor and chat about some things, like, even though Jesus has come in history, for him, there's, these grace moments are very important but they're still important for us because they remind us that, that God still points us to things, that God still points us to him. And it's not just through Moses and the law, but these grace moments, like grace point one moments are creation and relationships and Sabbath and gifts. I was taking a bike ride. I think it might have been after like Commitment Sunday or Celebration Sunday. And I was, you know, just, it was the, for me, it's kind of the, like the end of the week. And I, I was feeling like a little bit tired and, and thinking, what, you know, what, what do I want to do after we had spent time with our family and ate and hung out. And I thought, you know, I'm gonna, I'd like to go for a bike ride. And so I went for this bike ride uh, down Gwen Boulevard into Senville. And I remember I was riding my bike, and as I was riding my bike, normally on, when I'm riding on Gwen Boulevard, there's this little spot, uh, patch in the road where, where like, the, the, the trees open up, there's no houses, and you just, you see the river. And I, I normally, I, I just rode by it. I rode by it, and I went to the next intersection, and then something clicked. I'm like, no, no, let me go back. You know what? It's one of those days. I just need to, like, look at that. So I, I turned my bike back around, and I went and parked myself on the side of the road, and this was the view. This is, the, like, the view from Gwen Boulevard. And I know the sun in there makes it look really cool. I didn't filter it, I promise. And so I just went back there and I literally like just put my bike on the, on the side of the road and leaned against the concrete and took five minutes. And I just sat there and just took that in. And for me, it, it was part of my Sabbath to just pause and to just take in this literally what I, I would describe a gift of Grace. That picture is not going to save me. It's not going to save anybody. It's not going to get anybody to heaven. But it points us to the God who loves us. And in that moment, I I remembered and was reminded of God's goodness and God's glory and God's creativity. But I was remembered of Sabbath too. Because in Sabbath, Sabbath is a grace that I believe God gives us. And in that moment, I thought, just in my pause, I said, I can trust God. I don't have to do anything else this week for God to love me more. I don't have to accomplish anything else for God's love to be real in my life. I don't need to to do anything or call anyone or make any decision that's going to give me more of God's love or more of God's grace or more of God's promises. He's right there. I can stop. I can trust him. He has this. That was a grace in that moment. And the question is, do we recognize grace when it shows up? Do we recognize it? Can we just identify it? Can we be grateful for it? Remember, grace moments don't save you, but they remind you of your Savior. They don't save you, but they remind you of your Savior. And so I want to challenge you this summer to look out for these grace moments. Grace number one moments, like I just talked about. But even grace number two. To get rooted in the grace that we have in Jesus Christ. And that might come through a couple of spiritual practices and. Here, one of them that's right before us, like starting this week, is Church at Home. And I'm not just saying this because Church at Home is happening, but you heard Bob Goff on the video, and you heard what he talked about dealing with difficult people or in people's weaknesses or our weaknesses. And, I mean, ultimately, he's talking about how do we be graceful to one another? How do we experience God's grace? How do we receive and give God's grace? How do we get rooted in it? And I'd encourage you that the, that the next five weeks, that you want to get rooted in grace number two, the, the grace of Jesus? Join Church at Home and and fuel your heart and your mind and your life with this theme. You can't listen to some of the the decisions and responses of of Bob Goff's life out of the faith he has in Christ and not say, man, that's just a distribution of grace. So I encourage you to to jump into one of these groups because it's going to fill your heart and your mind with grace. It's gonna remind you of the fullness of Through Jesus Christ, the grace He's given that has replaced the grace already given. But here's one more thing I'd I'd like you to challenge you to do. And we always, I often say this: read. Let's read the scriptures, right? But here's how I want you to read the scripture this summer, and 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 you can even add this to another reading plan because it's really super light. But if you're not reading the Bible, then I encourage you to do this. We started reading John one today, right? Simple, eighteen verses. John John is like twenty one or twenty two chapters. Uh, it's not a long, long book. And what I'd love to, for, you, for us to do, if you want to get rooted in this grace, in the grace of Jesus, then you need to allow the themes of grace in the Gospels to speak to you and teach you and challenge you and grow you. So one of, those, one of the ways to do that is just read the Scriptures. But I, want, I would love for us to do this. Read, take a Gospel, and I encourage you to read John's Gospel. And just to read it over the next two months, not in the next day, I mean if you want to you can read it quick and then read it again but over over the next 2 months just read it read a couple of chapters a week slowly reflectively prayerfully Attentively, with a piece of paper or a journal open, writing down what God is doing in your heart and the themes of, uh, of, that are coming out from that. And as you read this, here's three things I want you to look for, okay? And maybe we'll post this online for you. Look for the fullness of Jesus, right? It's out of his fullness that we received grace that replaced the grace already given. When you read the Gospels and when you're reading uh, John this summer, as you take just a couple of chapters a week, look for the fullness of Jesus. That is the source. He is the source of grace. When you read through this gospel slowly and reflectively and and attentively, look for the meaning of grace because it's going to pop out everywhere as you're reading the gospel. And then finally, look for the practice of grace. Look at how Jesus responds to a woman in John chapter 4. Look at how Jesus reacts to his disciples. Look at how Jesus intervenes or acts in a certain situation. And as you read through this gospel, look for the practices of grace. So as you're reading through this, it's not just for knowledge, but it's to say, let's look for grace all over this. Look for the fullness of Jesus where grace comes from. Look for the meaning of grace in his words in his life and look for the practice of grace. And here's what I think will happen. I hope you'll, you'll do it, but I think it'll happen as an overflow. Because as, as we recognize grace, we grow in grace, and then we live in grace, and then what do we do? We distribute grace. So wouldn't it be awesome if over the course of the next couple of months, you, be, you redistributed grace? Grace one and grace two? That you would be the kind of people, that you would be that person in someone's life, that you would be, imagine you were that grace. That person would say, this person that interaction with them did something to me, pointed me to something, pointed me to God. And that you become that experience of grace for people, your action with them, your response to them. Maybe it's your conversation with them, whatever it would be that you would distribute grace, that they would get a glimpse, a picture of God's grace. And then at any moment in this summer, wouldn't it be awesome by the leading of the Holy Spirit, on a given day or conversation or barbecue or walk or work time, that God would use you in a given moment to actually communicate the grace of Jesus to people? Wouldn't it be awesome that you go, you go through the summer and you look back and say, I saw God's grace more often this summer than I ever have. I saw it in the Gospels. I've seen it in my reflection time in prayer I've noticed it in all these random circumstances. And God has used me to to distribute grace to other people. Wouldn't it be awesome to to come to the end of the summer and say, I've seen so much this summer. I've seen so much grace this summer. I've recognized grace. So that's my call to you. Let's recognize grace. Let's not miss it when it's right in front of us. And let's redistribute grace. Amen? Let's pray. Let's stand and pray. God, it's, it can be so easy unfortunately to miss what you're doing right in front of us. God, Jesus, who we read is partnered with you in creation of our world. Who showed up in our world. Who became flesh and dwelt among us. And yet some didn't recognize him. God, how how we can at times miss and not recognize what you're doing. And how at times we could miss the grace, your grace, in all of its forms. And yet, God, I know many of us here who have put our faith in you through Christ um, are a fulfillment of of this, this phrase from John that out of your fullness we have received a grace in place of the grace already given that we have embraced Jesus so God I pray that that this summer and it would, that it would turn into really all of our lives our eyes would be open our ears would be attentive our spiritual and antennas would be up that we would recognize your grace in all its forms around us. May we catch the glimpses around us that point us to you, God. We trust your Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us and help us to filter what that all is, God. But we we pray, Lord, that whether it's a moment um, with friends or family that just reminds us and points us back to you, or whether it's as we're reading the scriptures and truth comes out to us, speaks to us, and by your Holy Spirit, you lead us to you. God, may, 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 we, may we be so open to seeing in greater ways. We long to recognize grace, and we long, Lord, as you fill us and grow us to distribute grace all around us. I pray, God, at the, you know, at the end of a couple of months as we move into the fall season, we'll look back in the summer And we, I pray that we will have identifiable moments acknowledging that we saw glimpses of your grace, that we grew in the grace of Jesus Christ, that we were able to point people to you. God, we pray this in Christ's name and trust the power and the work of your Holy Spirit in our lives for our growth and for how you will use us with those around us. We pray this in Christ's incredible name, amen.